Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 170 of the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com slash Sheck. S-H-E-K. Let's talk about football. Let's talk about sports. Let's talk about life, shall we? Let's do it, first of all, with my main man seated to my immediate right. From NFL.com, it's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. Sure, sure, sure. I'm I'm enjoying the uh, tournament of uniforms. Well, it's coming down to it. I can't say I'm enjoying it because the people are letting me down a little bit. You can go to NFL.com, and you can look it up specifically, NFL.com slash greatest uni. We're down to the nitty-gritty. We're just about to round that we're in round three. The Raiders are beating the Texans. Now, by the way, this is we started out with the 32 current uniforms, my and then the 32 best throwback uniforms as I see it. And I don't mind telling you, the Baltimore Ravens beating the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, fine. It's a great rivalry, maybe the best in the NFL, or at least among them, but there's no comparison when it comes to uniforms. No. I mean, come on, please. The purple jerseys and the black hats. It's really mainly, as I've said many times before, when they wear those black pants oh. that have no stripe on them, the mm-hmm. Ravens, and then they wear the black socks with it, they look like capri pants. They A look like jazzer size pants. You know, what are yeah. they doing? Like Rehearsed? the yoga pants that the, the young ladies are wearing nowadays. That's what, I'm, that's what it looks like. That compares with the Steelers. That's who the Steelers are losing to. I don't like that. The Niners and Packers are head-to-head. I can go either way on that one. The Seahawks beating the Saints, I feel, is wrong. The Raiders are killing the Texans, which makes sense in my book. Anyway, yes. check it all out. NFL.com slash greatest uni. Rank the movie uh, tournament also wrapping up now in yeah. its final moments. We're getting down to the uh, final four there. A movie you don't like, advance the program. Yeah. Kids like the Varsity Blues. Warren Sapp and Jeff Darlington are all over Varsity Blues and are have made pretty strong pitches for that to be the number one overall. They will be going up. One of those two movies will be going up against North Dallas 40 and Remember the Titans. Mm -hmm. I say that the winner probably comes from that bracket. 
but I don't want to give every. Oh, people know where no, I lean. No, don't pull back the curtain. I will say, if we're going to predict uh, finals, I predict the Oakland Raiders' current uniforms will end up playing the San Diego Chargers' glorious powder blue and white hats with the black numbers. But anyway, all right, enough about that right now. In the, we're going to be talking in a second to uh, Chris Wessling, our new pal from around the league at NFL. Dot com and uh, we'll kibitz with him about some things he's got up on the site right now. In the meantime, though, I want to tell you, we're headed out, and by we, I mean me and Black Tie are headed to Lake Tahoe. You know how you see every... I don't know when they aired. August, I think, is when they aired. Yeah. You know, you always see it on TV. It's that, it's that celebrity golf tournament, and most of the celebrities are professional athletes or they're famous people because right. it goes well they, you know obviously they're good at golf because they're good athletes and they're mostly serious Chaz barkley notwithstanding most of the people are good golfers out there rick roden still do that i bet he does yeah he always was good and then there's you know michael jordan is kind of one of the better guys remember al del greco the old kicker oh, yeah, first, he, he used to too. be good dan quinn the old nhl player mario lemieux i don't know if he's going to be out there but if he is Three words, ooh-la and la. Now, so we're going to be out there. We're going to do two two podcasts from there. We'll do some video stuff out there, all sorts of time, all sorts of good times out there. But uh, like I say, some real sports icons and uh, some celebrities to boot, uh, the more generic variety, and we'll try to track them down, and we will uh, have that up for you next week. All right, now, in the meantime, look at who it is. This is a great day this summer. It's been Far too long. Hopefully you've been watching him. He's the new co-host of American Ninja Warrior on NBC and the Esquire channel or the Esquire network. Our old pal from NFL Fantasy Live. It's Akbar Baja Biamilla. What is the poop, Akbar? I just want to thank all my fans out there that are clapping right now. I don't know where they came from. So last I saw you... You were, you know, you were like uh, me and Rank, you know, toiling away, talking about uh, pro football, sometimes fantasy, sometimes the reality of it. Next thing I know, I look up, you're a network TV star. Well, you know what? Let me tell you something. Talking about football for a very long time, that being a part of my life, and then being introduced to free running and parkour has changed my life. I will never see another NFL athlete the same way ever again. What goes on with it, this show? This American Ninja Warrior, of course, my brain went to, there must be some, are you trying to become a ninja, or, or what is it? Well, but you, no. have to, you, well you have to understand what a, a, you know, an American Ninja Warrior is. Really what it is is you know, these top athletes come from all over trying to conquer and hopefully get to Mount Midoriyama, which is the final rounds of of uh, you know, we're going from city to city, so we've gone from Venice to Baltimore to Miami to Denver, and these guys. Venice, go, Italy, for American Ninja oh, Warriors. No, no, Venice. <laughs> yeah, I wish that. I wish that would have been a nice trip. No, Venice Beach, California. Oh. And these guys come out and they go through the qualifying round, and their hope is to get to the finals. If they pass the finals, they get to Mount Midoriyama, which is a four stages. Uh, but these obstacle courses are so, so difficult. I mean, when I look at them and I thought, hey, look, you know what? I can do this. You know, I played in the NFL. I got a little cocky. I tried running up that warped wall. Let me forget about it. I tried one, two, three, four, five times. I failed every time. I mean, it you're is, six, nine and it's 14 feet tall. And I'm thinking I can do this. And so what, what I realized is that every time I've watched these guys before on TV, I just like, <laughs> why did they even have this on air? Like anybody can do this. You get out there and you realize man this is difficult like you have things like the the spinning bridge or you have things like 
you know, the quintuple steps or, you know, again, like I said, the warped wall, the rope maze, all these weird obstacles that are just so difficult. Much harder than, let's by comparison, say, Wipeout? Oh, no, no not even not even Wipeout is more cartoony. Yeah, I think it is more cartoony. These are real obstacles. I think these are obstacles where, you know, it challenges your grip strength. It challenges your coordination. Uh, it challenges your intestinal fortitude. I mean, what type of will will you have to go through? Because some of these things you're getting on and you have, you're, you're met with that decision. Do I quit or do I continue? Do you let fatigue take the best of you? Or are you going to go within and try to ac- accomplish and get through the actual course? And uh, you've seen some guys. We had some NFL players like Jordan Babineau. I mean, Jordan Babineau got to the, the flying chains or the floating chains, and he just realized, I can't do this. And he stopped. And I, called, I said, Babs, man, you were supposed to go out there and represent for the NFL players, and you just pooped on it. You just pooped on it. <laughs> I mean, we're looked and viewed as like these guys who are immortal. I mean, gladiators. And now you come out here and you just, I mean, you could see it on his facial expression. Uh, the guy that I'm interested to see and is coming up this week or next week uh, is Sean Merriman. You know, Sean Merriman pays us a visit in Denver. Whoa. And, um, and he shows off some skills now. I mean, Sean Merriman, let me just say this, mm-hmm. is a heck of an athlete. And, uh, but do they, do they have performance testing? No, every athlete comes out there, they are tested. They are tested, okay. so you, you're not going out there. Is know, that so, true? Yeah, on steroids. I mean, these guys. What's the are, prize? Are what do you win? Five hundred thousand American dollars. Ooh la la! Yeah, that that's ain't a, jive. No, that is, that isn't. I, I mean, I wish they would have let me know beforehand, so <laughs> I could say, hey, no, no, I don't want to co-host this. I actually want to compete, so I can get some of that big money. What athlete would do the best? Because I, Rank, and I have gone on and on. Question. This is before your time. But there was a show on ABC back in the late 70s, early 80s called uh, The Superstars. And they would bring out all of the sports world's best athletes. They would have Tony Dorsett versus Lynn Swan, And they would have like a, you know, I remember A.J. Foyt or one of those kind of guys <laughs> in there. And they would never fare well because they weren't especially good athletes. But, they, you know, they would have the best stars from the best sports out there. And they would compete. And it ultimately would end with a with an obstacle course. So it was always fun to see what athletes emerged there. And as I recall, Tony Dorsett and Lynn Swan would usually do the best of just about anybody. Anyhow, who would do the best in this? Basketball? I would think it would come down to basketball or football, right? You, you know what? I would actually say football players. And here's why. Because out of all the different American sports that we have here, I think football players have to endure the most amount of pain. And with American Ninja Warrior going through some of these obstacles in the course, you have to be able to endure pain. You have to be able to endure fatigue. And with basketball players, you know, if you watch, go to a professional basketball game and you'll see these guys coasting on the court. You know, every now and again, they'll show this burst of explosion for a high-flying dunk or something like that. Baseball players, they're coasters. NFL players can't Whoa, really what, coast. What about hockey players? Uh, you know, they're skaters. They're skaters. And they're very good. They're, that's they're balance. Very, There's a they, lot of they, balance yeah, in these but, events. You know, they don't they're good it. at golf. Yeah. Have you ever seen a, a hockey oh, yeah. A hockey player can walk out onto the course, has never held a golf club. They'll hit the ball a mile. They're immediately, and they, I mean, this is not hyperbole, they're all immediately 10 handicaps the first time they walk out there because they can murder the ball. They hit. They all hit at wow. 325. Yeah, and they, they probably have that good coordination. Yeah, well, that's what it's about. It's and, right. And everything like that. But for seriously, what football players, I think, have the best opportunities, uh, best opportunity to succeed on uh, American Ninja Warrior because there's a grip strength element to it that 
that uh, the basketball players don't have, uh, baseball players don't have. There's the, the toughness, and then there's the coordination. I think football players are more coordinated than basketball players and, and baseball players. I mean, they have to run through little hoops, and they got to run through you know the bag drills, and that's a lot of this type of obstacles. When you look at a practice, go to football practice, and it looks like we're going through a bunch of obstacles. I mean, that's that's really what it is. That's Outside interesting. I don't know if I would agree with coordination, though, being the – being the, I mean, look, a baseball player. What's harder than that? The ball's moving, you know, and, and the and ball run, is not just going 95 miles an hour, but it's also moving. No, no, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's they've got the good eye coordination and stuff like that. But when you're talking about all-around athleticism out of the major sports, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to football. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to use your hand. Know. I mean, you, look at hockey players. Think of the stuff that hockey players do on skates. Like, that is how many NFL players right now could go out and skate? But they're not running. That's not real life. I mean, who, who's going out there and competing on American Ninja Warrior on I skates? Think it, I mean, so what I'm saying is that you have to be able to get your knees up high. Skaters aren't doing that. They're not running with high knees. They're not going. They're lateral. They, yes, they have the little lateral movement that they can do. They'll do good on the quintuple steps. But outside yeah. of that, when they have to, you know, use their eyes and run through traffic, that's not a hockey player. Strength. I'll tell you, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I've dis- I, I, we've discussed here, and I'd love to do it. And I guess we're not going to do it for. Why not? I mean, well, here's what I'd love to do. Okay, I'd love to. I like the notion of the decathlon in broad terms, but I think when you get to the specifics, who cares about it? What kind of test is this of the ultimate athlete that who can throw? Whatever they throw, javelin, and they throw the the metal ball, and they throw the the ham or whatever they. It's all too. It's all the same. Run this, run that. What you need is more variation. You see, mm. who can throw a fo- the regular guy Olympics, the bro Olympics, whatever you want to call bro it. Olympics. <laughs> throw the football who uh, the far as far as you can. Twenty free throws. Who hits the most? These kind of. This is what a decathlon is. That's what we should put together. Who do you think would win that? Among the uh, the fantasy live rank, Fabiano, Damashek, Harrison, Baja Biamilla. It'd be me. You I'm the so? best athlete amongst the group. I mean, you, you think do, so? You, you agree, and not because I play professional football. It's just that I'm more well rounded than you guys are. You think so? Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. I played basketball and football growing up. I don't know how well, to play so baseball. Did so, so did I. So did I. I played in my uh, backyard. I played baseball. Oh, you played baseball. I don't know how to play that. Nor do I know how to watch it. I well, played, yeah, uh, I played so four now sports in high school. You're in bad shape there. Uh, I, I ran track too. Well, and, and I, I know how do to that. do the Flosberry jump too. You know what the I Flosbury know how to roll. do? You know what I know how to do? Compete. Compete. Okay. You know that's what I'm about. Here's the thing: all these things, you can go out the combine. They can test how fast. They can even give you an IQ test. Essentially, how smart is he? How quick? So on. They, there is no gauge for grit. And that's what I have in spades. And that's where I'll beat you, Bajamia no, Miller. You will never beat me and, in spades. Pull out the cards right now. You will never beat me in spades. And I don't even know how to play it. I was being figurative, <laughs> but if you want to play cards, that's another thing I'll beat you. All right, now listen. So you're on network TV. Muzzle tub to you. You're doing great work there. How tall is uh, Matt Iceman? Matt Eisman is probably about 6'2", 6'3". Is he standing on a box when you guys uh, are taping? Well, he's going to be so mad when I say this. He he wears these like clog type things that called clogger. Oh, no, this makes me feel better. No, it, you know, like so which is it, I it get... makes him look taller. But he wears like the platforms are like at least three to four inches tall. So How embarrassing. Sorry, sorry, that's not embarrassing. <laughs> but because yeah. you know, last year I I didn't remember him being like uh, so obscenely ta- much taller than Johnny Mosley. <laughs> but you're like, wait, was he? Is Johnny Mosley that? And then I'm trying to do the math of like going because there was another guy before Mosley too. I think. And I'm like, wait, how tall is this guy? 
Yeah, no, no. He's uh, he's about six, maybe about six two. Well, That's a good I disagree. Size That's yeah. a humiliation. No, no man <laughs> should be wearing clogs to to ma- to measure up with somebody else. Worst case scenario, if it was it wasn't working. I'd sit on uh, Baja Biamilla's shoulders. All right, now listen. Let's talk some football. Okay, good. And the big story, one of the big stories this week is in, admittedly, a downtime before the training camps ramp up here. Everybody's feeling good. That's what they say in every sport. This is the time of year before training camps get underway. Everyone has cause for optimism. But, of course, in most sports, we can rule out half the teams right here and now. And... You know, the Jets are one of them. I want to ask you about Sanchez. But, you know, it is interesting. I don't love parity necessarily. That's not for me. I like when there are some, when a league is top heavy, when there's some clear cut dynamite teams, some really dominant teams. But the NFL has parity, and people love that. It keeps fan bases Absolutely. engaged. It, it, to, to, to wit, name for me and rank you two. Name for me the NFL teams that right now have no shot in 2013. No, yeah, this team is not going to the playoffs for sure. Let's say division winner. Who who out there? I mean, I, well, I think I you mean, can name two or three, I, I, maybe. I, I think you have to start with the New York Jets. I agree with I, that I one, but other people would even say that they have a chance. I, at I, it. I don't mm. see. I don't see that chance because they don't even have a receiver to throw to. I mean, yeah, I mean, San Antonio isn't ready to go. Yeah, They're in no, trouble. He's, yeah, he, he's 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 and even if San Antonio comes back, he's not going to be the same person that he he once was. And then what if their defense is what if their defense is dominant, which is a possibility? They, they, they have very good well pieces. Could be, but if you don't have an offense that can can score points, I mean, but if this, this offense bad, is anemic. But if the Patriots can't pull it together, they're eight and eight. What if that division was just one of those crummy eight and eights across the board? The first team to reach, you know, one team. What goes do you nine mean the seven. Patriots? Look, I, let's not let's not use Gronk and Hernandez as the reason why the Patriots won't be successful. Uh, I think that if there's one thing I know but for Wes sure. Walker. Oh, yeah, Wes Walker's gone. I know there's a lot of missing pieces. I know that. I mean, you know, when you look at Tom Brady, of the 401 passes that he threw, 300 of those passes, that he, uh, the guys that he threw, they're gone. They're, those guys are gone. Mm-hmm. So I understand, but I think Belichick and Tom Brady have done one thing well in their, in their time together, that they can plug and play anybody into their system and they succeed. We saw that with Randy Moss. I mean, came from a down year with the, the Oakland Raiders and, and was plugged in. Well, I, I, well, listen, I agree with that. But at the same time, we're talking hypothetical where you have a reason to believe that the Patriots could fall back. I that's mean, what, we're, that's it's, what you're you know, searching it's, for. It's, it's unlikely. A- it's unlikely. I mean, I just don't see it. I don't believe it. I, don't, I know that that organization, that organization, they work well with a bunch of popular nobodies. That's mm-hmm. what they do. They work well with popular nobodies. It is remarkable how they're able to do that. I'm, I, I lean in your direction I, I when too. it comes to the Jets. The Jaguars. Yeah, the Jaguars. The Raiders. Yeah. You know, it's, those it's teams, so those me, teams let, are let, highly unlikely let, to let be competitive, you, the, right? The Raider Nation is so mad at me because, you know, I made a comment about the Raiders saying that they would get walked over. And literally, I mean, I, I can't even leave my home now. I mean, Raider, Raider fans are coming after me and say, look, I, I have love that's for every, the Raiders. That's every day. That's, yeah. there's, there's, I have love for the Raiders. You say anything but, about them or not. But since 2003, it has just been, I mean, you just cringe. I mean, I love the silver and black. We're just, you're just talking about the uniform colors and all that stuff. And, you know, you love the Raiders uniform. You love the mystique. You love all the stuff, the history of the Raiders. But since 2003, we haven't seen anything from the Raiders. The Raiders have gone on a, a almost what seems to be a permanent vacation. Yeah, they're they're dreadful. And I mean, you know, I guess you could say but this. But I do believe in Reggie McKenzie. 
it does seem like he is he's do, going about it the right way and fixing that thing and yeah. not uh, not going for short term fixes at least. Yeah, you know, I think that the Chiefs should be pretty good. The Broncos are oh, by yeah. by you know by any measure look like they're one of the more talented teams. So I don't know where the Raiders are where, where who they're making it up on, and I think the Chargers are positioned a little bit better to to have a halfway decent year at least this year than the Jaguars. Those are three teams we've yeah, just Jag- named. Yeah, th- th- for sure. And there are plenty of people in this building that would tell you that the Jets have a shot at going 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, And then you look at the NFC, and I'm not jiving you. There's not one team out there that you say, oh, they have no chance. Yeah. I mean, the Cardinals, are you uh, with yeah, Carson Car- Palmer, yeah, yeah. they have no chance? I don't know. No, look no, at what they, Bruce no, Arians did. I think I love the marriage of uh, – uh, Palmer and, and Fitzgerald. I think that mm-hmm. could really be explosive on offense. I mean, just those two guys alone. They're in a devastating division. Obviously, they have two, arguably the two so best teams in the them. NFC yeah, West. Course, yeah. But but you know, and I keep saying it. I think the Rams are going to be pretty good. I in fact right now think the Rams Detroit, sneak into the Chicago. Mark Tressman, what he's going to do in Chicago? I mean, is that right? Is Detroit going to be dreadful? I'm starting to come around on them even now no, because they're not going to be dreadful. They're going to they're going to be good. I, I like in Dominican Sue. And Nick Fairley. And then what if uh, Ziggy Ansa is some revelation? Now, how bad could that defense be? Plus, they upgrade the secondary. That team shouldn't be too bad, really. I mean, there's no team you can definitely throw dirt on in the entire NFC, which if you're a fan wow, of parity. top to bottom. Which, which I, listen, obviously I would favor the 49ers to defeat the, you know, the, the, the beat up the, the lines if it came down to it. But you can't rule out any team. Whereas... In baseball or in the NBA or hockey, you could say preseason, that team ain't going to the playoffs and you're going to be right. Um, So I I find that fascinating. And if you're a fan of parity or if you're Commissioner Goodell, I know that this is is what the league wants to see. So congratulations. It's going to be a sexy year. It really is. You think so? It's going to be competitive and sexy. Well, the thing we've been talking about is are they going to be able to stop the spread option? Because then that affects who you're – who you favor to come out of the NFC. You think the spread option is still going to work, then it's the Niners or Seahawks. If you don't think it's going to work as well as as it did last season, then it's the Falcons or the Packers, I would I, say. I, you know, here's the thing. I, I think that a lot of the fans should know that the the spread option isn't going anywhere, and, and only certain quarterbacks can run it. Not every quarterback can run it, and for the teams that have the quarterback that can't run it, it really does give them an upper edge because – Teams aren't preparing for the spe- uh, the speed uh, or the spread option every week, so it's one of those one-off offense that they've got to prepare for. And it's not just a fan. I think it really is to, here to stay. And as you see the morph of the quarterbacks, you're going to see more and more teams trying to implement that with the more athletic quarterbacks. And what that really does it it helps with the play action because now all of a sudden mm-hmm. you don't know if the quarterback is going to try to keep the ball, if they're going to run a uh, speed option, if they're going to run a little bit of that sprint option, or if they're going to run that play action. Now all of a sudden you're starting to see the more success of those receivers. Look at what Pierre Garçon did last year. I mean, there were times when you watch film, I mean, you'll just see Pierre Garçon just floating. You'll see the, the tight end just floating in the middle of the field. No, because everybody's got their eyes glued on Robert Griffin, RG3. What is he going to do? I buy that. That what happens is on a on a basic uh, you know reactionary level, you're on your heels as they say. You yep. have to see what he's doing, so you're not moving. You're not in movement, and by the time you get up to speed, the the offensive player who you're supposed to be checking on on a given play has run past you, or his uh, or you've lost him in that space. So yeah, and However, by the way, before I, I do want to do inside out with you, let me just say uh, what, one thing. Uh, well, go ahead, Ranko. No, I was just going to say that you make a. a a lot of solid points there, but you look at the Super Bowl 
and you had the sprint option team against the classic drop-back passer, that team wins. Well, there are some broken What's plays. It? There's Jacoby Jones' kick return, which sure. I'm not saying it doesn't count, but the, that's a, there's a kick return. Beyonce's lights. That light weirdness. That could have been a blowout. And I mean, then Jacoby Jones catching that bomb and getting up and running a, you know, a spectacular play. It's interesting. And, and, and the thing I've said a million times. Sorry, Anquan people Bull- forget this. This is one of the biggest notes about the Super Bowl that everyone pretty much forgets. Yeah, a couple the of weeks Niners, to prepare. The Niners, the Niners' first drive, on their first play or so, they hit like Vernon Davis or Delaney Walker for like a 40-yarder down the sideline. They get called back for some sort of penalty. Yep. The Niners' drive kind of stalls. If that play stands, that's a totally different game. Well, maybe, but I will. But but you know, the other thing um, coming strong is Anquan Bolden. To me, I know a lot of people will say Jacoby Jones should have been the MVP. I can hear that noise, but I also think Anquan Bolden was the MVP. The game goes differently because Anquan Bolden, if, if he doesn't make oh! Flacco through at least three jump balls in his direction each each time, Bolden just outmuscled the the defender to get it. Last time you were in here, which was many moons ago, probably literally half a year ago, it was the ninety sixth show, and I remember <laughs> Is that, that right because I said, "Why didn't you invite me for the number ninety fourth show?" Because I wore number ninety four, so I was but a little. No, oh, every every football fan knows you wore number ninety four. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. That was a slap in your face. The uh, no, you said we. I, I asked you about Chip Kelly, and this yep. was even before he had left. Oregon. It looked like he was going to wind up somewhere in the NFL. You said he will revolutionize NFL offenses. I then talked to NFL Network colleague and another former NFLer, Heath Evans. He said, oh, he's going to fall on his face. Has your opinion on this changed? Will Uh, the Eagles soar? Yeah, the Eagles will soar so high that everybody's going to be put like this, that every other team and and fans will die of shock when they see Hmm. what Chip Kelly has uh, under his sleeve. I think you look at Deshaun Jackson, I think he could have a big year. I agree with I, that. I think uh, Michael Vick is going to have a big year. I think people are really going to you know, reconsider what all the comments that they've had about Michael Vick. You know, never mind the whole quarterback. I think this is just a part of the process. But look, Chip Kelly's offense, no one's seen it. And what we've seen and what we know to be true is that when you introduce a new offense, a new scheme, a new tempo, which essentially that's what – uh, Chip Kelly's doing is running this high tempo offense. The NFL has never seen anything like that. They don't have the caliber of guys conditioning wise to even run this. So they're going through a whole different training system. We've seen the success of these. We saw that with the Wildcat. Look how successful it was in his first year. We've seen the the option. We look how successful that was in his first year. Now we're going to bring this hybrid, this morph, and no one really knows what it's really going to turn out to be. It's going to be this combination of the West Coast high tempo option football. If you put those three together in the, in the, in a in a package and you call that an offense, what? I I hear you, you but I, I, how, is it really that much different than let's say I for the quarterback specifically there's there, he's he's expected to do more let, physically let running stop, around let me, but let me, let me just but stop you got Mouse Davis's old offense no, and you got the greatest show on no, turf no, no. is it that or or, no, or no, the, no, no. it's it, it, remember what the greatest show on turf did for everybody everybody's like wow like what is this look I, I still remember my time K-Gun, going to Sony Erickson going to Wimbledon and watching a tennis match and you know how your head just goes like this back and forth at, mm-hmm. at a tennis match it's the same thing I went to USC took my son down to watch USC Oregon and they were literally last year going back and forth, back and forth. The offense was so fast, and I just got exhausted. I was sweating watching them because it was so tiring. It was so fast. Can you imagine if Chip Kelly brings that same offense to the Philadelphia Eagles, get those guys in shape? And I've been talking to guys over there, and those guys are working their butts off. Hmm. And I don't know that the average 
big linemen can keep up with them. I don't know that the defensive lineman is going to be able to keep up with them in the NFC East, in the NFC, or AFC. All right. Now, listen. I want to get back to a segment that we started during last season here. It's something... Look, Rank and I are ultimately, what are we? We're fans, you see. Yeah. And so we have our assumptions, as do most fans, about what goes on in the locker room. But we don't know. It's speculation on our part. Now, you're a former player. You can tell us what it's all about. That's where we came up with the name Inside Out. This is Inside Out. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. We're going to get into it now, Akbar. These, again, I'm going to ask you questions about some things that I perceive to be true, and you tell me whether or not they're true or not. First one, though, specific to Akbar, Baja, and Biamilla, you, your best man in your wedding many moons ago, Namdi Asamoah, who just left those Philadelphia Eagles. Now he's out on the West Coast, fi- finds himself right in the middle of, of the hottest rivalry in pro football. But were you at the Namdi wedding? You know what? I was in the middle of a shoot. Oh my goodness! A shoot, Ninja Warrior. Where's y'all? But I I can't say that I was getting play-by-play update updates on everything that was going on. And uh, but uh, yeah, till this day, it will haunt me for the rest of my life. Um, Yes, I couldn't be the best man there, and. Uh, I tried everything though. Let me tell you, I, I tried everything from trying to get a private jet out to um, to uh, to the location uh, of his wedding, and I, I just couldn't. Nothing worked out. I mean, where was it, by the way? Well, it was in a private location. Um, and well, now it's already passed. What's uh, the difference with the private yeah, you, location? You know, I, I just kind of stay away from that. I'll, I'll, I'll let Namdi tell tell the story. Southern well, California. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll let him get into the details, but Northern I did California. try. I, I, did, <laughs> I did try to get out there, and I just couldn't make it because. Look, my shoot goes from 7 p.m. till till 7 a.m. is how long we shoot. For what kind of thing is that? And I was like, man, where can I get in and try to, you know, step away for a little bit? But I just couldn't do it. And, and so ultimately I end up missing it. And uh, it's a day that he'll never let me forget. And it's a day I'll never forget. No, indeed. You should just uh, what you need to do is get a picture. They can do amazing things with Photoshop. You yep. need to whoever served as the best man. <laughs> Photoshop your head onto that and send him that picture. Who be like, see, you? who knows? Who's going to remember 10 years from oh, now? Let's man. just say I was there, Namdi. Who was uh, your replacement? Yeah. You know what? I don't know who my replacement was. I, I don't know. Because she's a big star. I could see her wanting him to have kind of a bigger star of a Who best is she man. again? Carrie, Carrie Washington? Washington. She's yeah. Foxy. I, I know. Washington. She stars in you, Scandal. You don't, you, don't, you don't watch TV then? I wa- what do you mean I don't watch TV? You ever, you don't you dare. T- Listen, I will I movies? will take an insult, but that goes too far. <laughs> she was, don't watch TV. She was in Django. Stars uh, in Scandal. I didn't see Django. Ray, you ever seen Ray? Yes. Ray Charles? Yeah, 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 yeah. She was the wife. She's Foxy. Ray, Ray Charles, yeah. Yeah? You yeah. find her beautiful? Yeah, she is very beautiful. Very beautiful. You never watch right, the show Scandal. Take it easy. Take you know, it easy. You never Somebody's watch the show wife you're talking about. <laughs> Are you going to pin me up? I'm married too now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's that's the start. But let's talk about some things in more general terms. So let's start out with the uniform thing. Do players care at all? Does it matter? Is it does it affect your your uh, the, your approach to the game? I've heard opponents at least they used to do studies i haven't seen one in in some time but i recall 15 years or so ago that opponents of the raiders and steelers would enter the game i don't know how you gauge this but would feel a sense of intimidation going up against 
those those uh, you know those rugged looking uniforms. as they should because the the uniforms were so clean and when I say clean I mean like mm-hmm. fresh I, mean, I know what you mean there, yeah see you look you picked up on that I do I mean guys feel intimidated when their jerseys are sloppy I mean it's just it's a thing that happens to athletes you don't like a, a nasty jersey because if you have a nasty jersey somehow you you feel nasty there's this it's almost like this intrinsic I, I don't even know the word for it but you don't feel good about yourself when your jersey is not tight enough when your jersey is sloppy colors uh, no wonder why the Tampa Bay yeah, Buccaneers people, didn't do most good people. For, for all those years and that crazy popsicle do you really believe that Absolutely. The, the Houston Oilers in that powder blue I like that uniform but it ain't exactly macho it's atrocious atrocious I mean just you just don't want to have anything to do with it but especially now because of the Oregon fad now players mm. now and the athletes now are even more so than before. I mean, it's just into hyper mode now. Players are more conscious now about the uniform and what they wear. I mean, if it doesn't fit clean, if it doesn't fit tight, if it doesn't look sharp, players don't want. P- players will make alterations. Players will do all sorts of things. Hmm. Look at one guy that I always remember, like guys like Charles Woodson. I don't know how you could ever read try to recreate the you know the Oakland Raiders uniform because it was clean by itself but he would go with the all black socks I mean he was like one of the first guys to do with the all black socks and then you start seeing more players going with with that solid color trying to recreate the jersey because they didn't like the two-tone a lot of guys don't like the two-tone white and you know whatever colored socks so you'll see it most players and I did it too but I did it right at the line where I wouldn't get fined because if you go all black or all green or whatever your color your predominant color is if you go all of that on your socks you get fined that's $5,000 for wearing all black. So you can imagine for his whole, you know, Raider career, he got fined 5000 There was always a FedEx envelope on Charles Woodson's locker when we got there Monday morning. Charles so. Woodson's not. Uh, Charles Woodson <laughs> is a sore subject here at Studio 66. Why is that? Well, I was he and I were on a show together okay. a few weeks ago. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I watched you guys on the uh, countdown. Yeah, and and this I made I made a salient point on the Top 100 show, and this was what uh, Chaz Woodson said to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know why you're sitting here. That's what he said to me. He doesn't even know why I'm sitting there. He didn't. He, he had no idea why. And I, you know what I told him because in because actually this is true. During the commercial break, Mo Damashek, my mother, she emailed me. She said. I don't like the way he's treating you. I didn't like the way he talked to you. I told Charles Woodson as much. He backed off pretty quickly. He said, <laughs> I don't want to cross anybody's mother. And I said, too late. You know, what's done really? is done. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So well, Now, that wasn't just an edit job right there? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he didn't like me. I don't sure. know. Listen, I think it's water. At the end, we shook hands. We made our peace. We're men. We went our separate ways. And that's that. Sure. All right. Uniform, I think it would make a difference uh, to me. Better uniform chargers or Raiders? Raiders. Certainly, yeah. Hands down. Although, the old the one. powder blue, mm-hmm. those were fresh. I mean, guys begged, and I mean, they would drool when we, we would beg the coaches. Is today a powder blue day? Is today a powder? I mean, we would beg the coaches for powder blue. I think that said, though, that it's not a masculine color. I know, but there's something re- – it's offset by the fact that it uh, seems so regionally appropriate. In the same way the Miami Absolutely. Dolphins – their colors. That, 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 but you know what? See, playing yeah, it wouldn't Dolphins, work in Cleveland, but that but those uniforms sort of – they represent it, a, a, the, an the area. Miami, it makes the sense Miami, Yeah, me. the Miami Dolphin colors represent Miami. Nowhere else will those color, that That's color exactly sequence right. work. I mean, it just – it doesn't even feel right. I mean, put Brown and orange would look ridiculous the same way yeah. if you sent it anywhere else. But right. in Cleveland, in the Rust Belt, it, uh, it makes perfect sure. sense. Um. All right. This is. Uh, I. I just wonder about this from a hygiene standpoint. Hold on. Before you go there, go ahead. I just wanted to say this. 
I have one regret in my whole NFL career that I never got fined for actually testing the jersey limit. I should have done something bold, and I wanted to, but I was just afraid. I what just was, so what's sure. bold? What do you mean by that? Uh, bold, maybe, like, you know, cutting the jersey. Yeah. Or, or, like, Charles, he would make it to where, like, I had to wear diaper ones where you'd go and you would uh, clip it underneath your, you know, your your midsection here. you clip them together so your jerseys wouldn't come out so it always looked like they're tucked mm-hmm. in. Well, he had his altar to where it was just, like, right at his, you know, his mitts or his uh, his belt line. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do that. I really wanted to cut it so, like, when I, like, jumped up and tried to bat a ball that you could see, like, the bottom part of my six-pack. You know, like, I wanted to do that. And if I ever get I a six-pack, I'll do that too. <laughs> my buddy played football at the University of Washington where they still had the ability back then, the early, early 90s, to do that. And that's exactly what he did. He had the rugged six-pack. Yeah, those like, guys, yeah. That, that's a big college move is to cut the thing oh, off in those September pra- games when it's practice, 104 out and out, everything. If you go out to the practice, we do that to our, our practice jerseys so you can see, you know, that you know that bottom part of it, you know, just kind of, especially for the ladies, they say, oh, boy, I see two of them. I wonder what the other four look like. You know, I mean, those are things that go through <laughs> your mind. I'm just, you know. <laughs> what ladies are at your practice field? Oh, like, you know, well, you know, there are like, you know, members of, well, let me not get into it, but put like this, the front office people, there are some women that in the front office that. So Amy Trask was out there and you were oh, kinda... hey, hey, hold on. Amy Trask is my girl now. I am not. No, saying, I'm just asking. No, a... I'm not talking about Amy Trask. Right. That is not what I'm talking How about. How weird is it? That's a, that's a thing for Spanish women. I am a, a <laughs> Terrence not... Let me ask you this. this be, I, uh, actually, we'll go in that direction now. How weird is it? People always say, whatever, you know, listen, grow up or don't be a misogynist. I don't think it's a misogynistic thing. I think it's a strange dynamic that must go on for, for both sides. Um, what's it like in the locker room when women are, are walking around in there? Is it kind of like I, yeah. I feel uncomfortable no, being nude? No, no, no. I'm going to tell you this, and I'll, I'm just going to be straight honest with this. I hope I don't know what level I can speak to. Just edit me if I, if I cross Speak if you go All too right. far. There's this one reporter in Oakland that just really troubled me because she liked me and she's trying to get at me and all this other kind of stuff. And, and I was like, hey, no, nah, I'm just you know not interested, whatever. But she was personally coming in there and she was Peter peeping the entire time. <laughs> she would literally <laughs> hold the microphone. I mean, just would look straight down and be looking. And I'm like, and she would be interviewing other people and just looking at guys in the locker room. I mean, blatant, no shame in her game. And hmm. there were other women who did that. I mean, you could be just butt naked, and the girls just they're just sitting there looking and just like, oh, and I'm like, now why can't a man well, go into? Of course, that has to But why happen. can't a man go into a WNBA or a, a soccer? Um, I don't know, don't they? And, and interview them when they're naked. No. They're not and allowed? They're, no. I don't know. Allowed. Is that really not no, a rule? It, no, it, 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 they're not allowed. I have considered in the past that it's not fair to the players that they have to, they're in the nude, you know, they're doing their stuff. Tell them. And, and then the, you go in with their microphone. No, I say the other way. You know what? Fair's fair. If you're going in the locker room, you go nude too. How about that? Yeah, I think I'm talking. Now we're all nude. Now, <laughs> now everyone checks and, their clothes and, 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 at the yeah, door. Just now have, we're all cool. You don't have one girl in it going out there and gossiping and telling all the people that are around. Like, oh yeah, such and such is you know packing and this. And Does that, that, and that happen? Yes. So reporters go around. This is what I talk about. Uh, Do players I'll, go around and say that you know about what? each the, other? I bet the guy reporters do it too. 
I bet they no. Don't. The guys, Beyond that, what, before I the reporters, it. what about the players? Did the players say like, "Hey, have you seen our quarterback?" Mm, doesn't instill a great deal of confidence. You know what? Look, here, here's the truth, and, and people won't admit this, but I, of I think this when, you, when you get into the locker room, I mean, guys will you know you know just check just naturally compare themselves to the other athletes. Like, hey, am I a, a, <laughs> the am other I? athletes? It's <laughs> the Well, you I guess I. You know what? If you know, I were just, a, if I were like a fringe player, if I were a special teamer, I'd be like, hey, you know what? You know who's the all pro in the. Uh, Certain department over, uh, but, here, over but the, here's the what doesn't happen. First stringers, yeah, yeah. That, that's far. An, that's that's an observation you make to yourself, <laughs> and you go, okay, well, hey, I stack up, I don't stack up, you know, whatever, whatever the big deal is. But you're not going to go and say, hey, did you see such and I mean, I had massage therapists come up to me and tell me, oh yeah, you know such and such, she really likes you, and she thinks you. I'm like, oh really? Like, how's a reporter talking to my massage therapist about you know about me? That about, seems to cross yeah, a line. Yeah. yeah, it does. Wait, she's talking about what? Okay, I'm trying. I'm confused. Your massage therapist. The reporter went to the massage therapist and said, I saw Akbar in the nude. Absolutely. This is what I saw, and, and uh, you should check it out. So you're bragging is basically. No, I, that's no, what you I, wanted I, to do. That's why you told I'm that telling, story. I'm telling you how uncomfortable it made me, especially knowing that every yeah. week for no. 16 weeks I knew try, she was coming try into going the locker the room. Other way. It's like She's when, uh, that's like when supermodels, supermodels talk about uh, you know how you know they didn't want to they didn't want all the attention. They just went along with a friend who was going to get some uh, headshots taken <laughs> and then the, the the model agency picked her and so it just sort of <laughs> happened. So oh wait, the, the world knows about how uncomfortable I was that like, this woman uh, was interested <laughs> in me in the locker yeah. room. All right, now speaking of the locker room, let's talk about hygiene. Okay. I want to know, is there, do guys, not even your team, well, did any of your teammates or did any of your foes do anything like, because this seems like a good strategy to me, especially if you're a running back or a, or a wide receiver or a QB who has to be tackled. I wouldn't bathe for like four days. Does anybody do that? Because then nobody wants to tackle you because you smell bad. No, but there are some guys who just inherently just were bad-smelling people. Hmm. One, one offensive lineman I think about is Frank Middleton. Played hmm. with him, and he was just one of the smelliest offensive linemen. I mean, his odor was so, I mean, just putrid. I mean, it Did he was, not bathe or what? I don't know what he did in his personal time. I really don't know. I mean, there were times where, you know, he would take shower pills, where he would, you know, leave practice and, you know, go in a meeting room, and it would just smell like like buffonk. Like buffonk <laughs> is like booty and funk. And it was just like buffonk. It was just like, dude. I mean, to the point where you're out in practice and, you know, you're trying to put a move on them. And it's just, oh. That's like, what I'm oh. saying. But you see, why wouldn't that work then? Well, I would definitely do that on game day. Um, and it was so awful. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I, I never had a chance to talk to any of the other defensive linemen who went up against them. But I'm pretty sure in that dog pile, they were like, dog, get off of me right now. Like, coach, I can't go in there. I think this I is a great go. idea. If you're a nose tackle, imagine the stink you'd work but, up or, over three and a half hours. What kind of offensive lineman would be like, ah, I'm not, forget it. Just just, just go into the backfield and tackle them. I don't want to touch well, you anymore. Gonna a, you're going to see a lot more quarterbacks, that's for sure, wearing those like cold ski masks <laughs> over their face so they could kind How of weird. filter the funk. Huh. It's not, Labor Day was just a couple days ago and they're wearing ski masks. They're so, playing in Miami. Why yeah, do they have that yeah, mask? Weird, on? weird. Um, now, a pivot to something completely. Uh, <laughs> one other thing. One, one other thing. There was one time, and I, I'm going to leave this player's name anonymous. I will not say this and embarrass him. But there was time that we had an inside joke in the training room where the trainers would mark, put a, like a marker on his underwear, his uh, his tights, his compression short. 
and would mark it every single day. The dude went 17 days without ever washing his his compression shorts that he wears underneath his shorts. Uh, I mean, it's funk on top of yeah. funk on top of funk. Well, you know what? I should uh, I uh, I can't be the pot calling the kettle black on that one because when I was in high school in uh, in basketball practice, well, because you have clothes on all day, I'm not lugging my stuff back and forth to home. It's in the locker. I would go, you know. Two weeks, maybe three weeks of basketball oh, practice. Without practice is practice only two clothes? years. It's only two hours <laughs> a day. It's only like two hours. What did you do? look at your face? What you did you do after disgusting. practice? I switched out of my practice clothes and back into my uh, my school clothes. That's it, and went home. My my. High Why didn't you just wear your practice clothes home? <laughs> because they stunk bad. I don't want to wear those. Just wash it. Well, I would. My high school coach. Eventually. My high school coach couldn't stand that about me. I was the only guy that came out in football practice my senior year. I only played one year in high school. And I would come out every single day with white pants because our practice pants were white. Everybody else was just dirty. And he made me. He says, I don't want you washing. And I was like, Coach, I, that's funky. That's nasty. You cannot do that. Yeah, personal hygiene. I like that. Um, all right. Well, we're, I was going to ask you something serious, but uh, something in between there, intermediate. What do we make of? I talk about the optimism every team has right now. And on some level, I understand. Mark Sanchez is in a tough spot. He's been dreadful for two straight seasons. They obviously, the Jets go and get Geno Smith for a reason. It's not to play back up to Mark Sanchez. The money is probably the reason Sanchez is still around and in contention for the starting gig. But I find, first of all, I find his remark laughable. He says uh, regarding the QB competition, hey, when it's a straight-up competition for the job, let's roll. It really doesn't bother me at all. It really doesn't affect my confidence or anything like that. We're competing for something. All right, I'm going to win. That's just how I am. That's pretty self-lacking uh, in self-awareness, given how bad he's been. That's just how I am. I'm going to win. Well, no, you, you don't win when you play for the Jets, when you play quarterback for the Jets. But what about a guy like that? Does everybody in the locker room, is it just understood that, you know, this is we're professionals and everything else? What are we, we going to say? Like, Does anybody get in your ear, in other words? Does the coach, GM, publicist, or PR department, do they say, hey, talk nice about our team. Don't. Even if you think we stink, don't say anything. Or is it just understood? It's understood. It's just one of those things when you know you're going through something. You see, you hear all the players. This is when you know the players don't believe what they're saying when they go into media mode and say, oh, like, you know, we're working hard. Or, you know, we've had some t- things in the past that, you know, but, and they start going to this, like, you know what? You don't even believe. You just don't believe it. You can't sell it. But you know that you have to say the right things. Otherwise, people are going to blow it out of proportion. It will become the new distraction or added on to that distraction. And I've seen it. I mean, I can see, you know, we've, we've talked with plenty of players over the last few years and you're exactly right. I call it cruise control. They go, they get that plat, they, they get that, uh, that sort of uh, glassy eyed look and they just move into their certain monotone, style to what they're saying and we're going to work hard we're going to do next year they'll go in they'll go into next year you know next year when we they're already looking to next year that means they've already you know they've already conceded that this year is done so when guys like you remember that year with the miami dolphins with cam cameron and we couldn't win a game and players just gave up i mean you but no one came out and said we're gonna hey we're gonna come out and fight for this game we still fighting for our pride uh, that's all quitter and loser talk so uh, to answer your question, no, it's just one of those things that you just know to say that you can't talk badly about the team that you're on, regardless of how bad they are. Um, so last thing, and 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 uh, obviously you mentioned Aaron Hernandez. What is that like? Not everybody, hopefully, well, you know, hopefully, no teams are going to have to deal with with something on this level. 
on a even occasional basis, even a rare basis. But what is that like? Obviously, we know that guys can get into trouble, people from different places. What is that like, to, that mix of guys? Have you ever been in a situation? Not necessarily, obviously, on the level of Hernandez, but has it ever been like, I'm kind of uncomfortable being around this guy. I'm in the huddle with this guy. I'm, on, I'm He's in the locker next to me kind of thing. The beauty of football to me and the beauty of team sport is that you get to have a bond with guys from all different types of backgrounds. Um, you know, there are guys who are just straight country. There are guys who own many of weapons. There are guys who are former drug dealers, former gangbangers. Uh, there are guys who, who've done some very bad things in their past and have used football as therapy to help them out of it, to ultimately get down to the core of what we've all been designed for, and that's relationship. And football, to me, is the ultimate relationship vessel, and players thrive in that situation. So I've never played with a guy like, you know, some of the alleged things that is being said about uh, Aaron Hernandez, but I have played with some guys with some very sketchy pass, I mean, with a sketchy pass. And um, so when I think about that, I just think about, at the bottom line of it is just us loving each other, having that respect and relationship because you see the best come out of the players when they know that they're loved, when they know that they're wanted. Um, and, and that's why it is hard and troubling, you know, with all the things that are alleged towards uh, Hernandez, that it's troubling to see that in a, a family-type atmosphere that he would, and even with the, the monetary value that, that's behind his name, uh, that he would want to engage, if in fact this is true, that he would engage in, in behavior like this. Did anybody on the Patriots, do you think, in that locker room see this coming? Maybe not this severe, but that there was trouble looming? You know what? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Because the locker room is the only place where the players feel safe to be themselves. There's not Even when we had, you know... Uh, players who you know we suspected that like I can I can speak freely like you know uh, uh, Quaim Harris I mean you know I played with him play, was the same locker room and in the locker room you're safe with him so everybody always knew it but we all you know kind of put it under the oh he's he's a Stanford guy he's he's a Stanford guy but we all knew what that meant because we knew that he was in his natural environment and typically you let your guard down when you're you talking about the fact that Quaim Harris is the uh, is gay yeah is that's gay. what you're yeah, talking yeah, about yeah yeah it's yeah. gay uh, nobody ever came out and blatantly said that he was gay that's uh, interesting but, yeah, because I that's a, the question I've been asking we we talked to Chris Cluey earlier in the week and I said what practically is going to happen would would I mean is it like a lunchroom cafeteria in high school like in a, in a John Hughes movie from the 80s like oh yeah you're going to be sort of um you know uh, secluded from the rest of the gang you're going to be isolated no. you know no one's going to eat with you kind of thing is that No, it, no it, it doesn't happen that way I mean it's just just like we have family members that are weird or strange or they do something that's a little different than was you still accept them you still you know you eat with them at the table you you still do go out and do things with them uh, you just know. I mean, but when you step out and when players step out of that and they're amongst the media, they're amongst other, you know, the fans and stuff like that, that's when they turn into this other pseudo personality. They have this pseudo personality that comes out and they project that. But to answer your question, uh, there are players who I believe in my heart knew that Aaron Hernandez was probably living a lifestyle that was reckless. Huh. Interesting. And what about then? So what is the thing that makes you then not uh, uh, uh what is the crime that you can commit in the locker room to lose your pals to lose the camaraderie and what and, and everything else is it just being a jerk that's the biggest crime in, you can in, commit in any social structure you would recognize in any relationship structure you would understand betrayal would be the biggest thing if you betrayed one of your teammates if you betrayed the organization 
then yes, you would be ousted. I mean, you no one would want to be affiliated. Like, dude, you are a, I mean, you just went crazy. You you betrayed the family. You betrayed, you know, our friendship. You betrayed us being teammates. That's the one thing that doesn't stand in the locker room is betrayal. I got to disagree. I've tried betraying this podcast a number of times. They keep bringing me back. Uh, we don't, we don't accept don't they keep it. Don't laugh me at his, atta- his lame attempts at jokes. See? Yeah, well, but you know what? That's not really a joke because he does, in fact, hate this podcast. But oh, that's We've sad. tried to get rid of him, but he now runs all the podcasts here. Oh, really? So he's the boss. So you're big time. Pretty you're big time, prime time, show time, all time. I'm not like you, though. Well, and and you've got a black tie. Always. <laughs> very formal. He's very formal. I, I just right. wish I could dress like him, though. Akbar Bajabiamila, a great pal to the DD football program. He is the new co-host of American Ninja Warrior. Again, find it on NBC and the Esquire Network. What night of the week do we Every look? Every Monday night on NBC at 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. on the Esquire, a.k.a. G four and uh, and me uh, and we're about a month away from you'll be able to watch Akbar Rank and the rest of the gang getting going as uh, Fantasy Live kicks into high gear. Quick shout out to to at Indy Sour, one of our one of our uh, loyal listeners. She definitely threw out the idea first of having Akbar on the show when she knew he was going to be hosting American Ninja Warriors. So quick shout out to her. She oh, says, thank hey. you very much. Hey, so. wait, wait, no disrespect to Indy Sarah, who is who is a great fan. Uh, she had to be the one to suggest I that know, to you. Really? You really? couldn't have thought Makes of it that. Makes it seem like we <laughs> didn't. Like, so, like, I guess we'll take him if oh, a fan wants so it. We'll do it. I, I appreciate it. It was it was in the cards, but she threw it out there. I'm just giving props to props to you guys. It's, All right, very good. All right, Akbar. <laughs> we'll look forward to uh, go enjoy your time with your fancy network people, and we'll see Actually, you, you know in August. Right I'm What's about that? to go study fantasy. I'm about to get into my fantasy lab right now. I'm going to Orange County, and I'm going into. My, I have a fantasy lab. Whoa, in Orange whoa, County. whoa! You're going where? So I have a fantasy lab. Um, yeah. We'll be naked. Well, you'll go no, in there. You'll no, be no, nude. No, no, and no, 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 I'll come way. in there and I'll interview fantasy you football. there. I'll be nude. This is the way of the future. This is what we're going to do. All the reporters, you want to go in there and talk to the players after the game? Lose the clothes. You know, bring the microphone. Leave the rest behind. All right. Akbar Bajabiamila, always a delight. Thus ends his visit with us here in Studio 66. More inside out, though. I love the inside out segment. This I love is it. Strong. Let's do it again. All right. Let's do it again. And by by the way, he does written pieces, does Akbar at NFL.com. That would be a good one is how players, you know, from different environments and, you know, the Aaron Hernandez in light of this, what that dynamic. That's interesting stuff you just said. Mm, Good question from Ray. That's a good one. Um, All right. There he goes. Akbar Bajabiamela. Out he goes a 66. A little bit of a bragger, but I like him. Yeah. yeah, He's got the show. I'm glad that you could see through it. I'm glad you could see through. What he was doing. The story is, oh, it was oh, so hey, uncomfortable hey, for hey. me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It must be uncomfortable. When... It's like the guy who talks about, you know, like, oh, supermodels are like this or like that. And you're like, well, how do you know? You're like, oh, well, I dated a couple of them. Like, oh, okay. So that's oh, the whole but point. It was the worst. It was the worst. Oh, you can't believe. They're so, self, uh, they're so uh, self-involved. so Yes. Yeah, it must have been terrible. It must have been awful. Um, hey, I got to give a shout out to, because he asked for one. A uh, a proud citizen of the Czech Republic, Jim Fuss. A shout out to you. He dropped us a line. This is very nice, fellas. I feel like uh, Rank and uh, Black Tie and everybody else who joins us on the show regularly. Your show, he says, Jim Fuss, has helped me get through a most recently diagnosed cancer. Laughing and listening to y'all has been an up- uplifting thing for me. I've recently noticed the small things in life that make you smile are, in fact, the most in- in- uh, important Give me a shout-out. So, shout-out 
to Big Jim Fuss. Out. Yeah. Big shout Good for out you. Jim. I mean, I, and uh, but rugged stuff, de- dealing with uh, the chemo and all that jazz, no jive, de- dealing with all that nonsense, and glad that Arhu and Applesauce would fill, would distract you for 10 seconds. Is, right. uh, Definitely. Well wishes to him and his family, and appreciate it, Jim Fuss. Big shout out. Um, well, thank you, Jim. We do appreciate you reaching out. Best to you. And uh, I guess, uh, well, so should we move now to, is that it? Oh, yeah. Just another reminder. Black Tie and me jump in on an airplane up to, what do we do? We fly to Reno. Fly to Reno. Then yes. drive to Tahoe. Tahoe. Yep. I hope it's lovely. Every time I've ever seen that golf tournament on TV, it looks like it's glorious sun hitting on that beautiful lake there. I hope it's that way for us next week. We'll be doing at least two podcasts from there. Going to try to catch up with some of the biggest names in sports there. I know Chaz Barkley is there. Michael Jordan will be there. Black tie. Get us Michael Jordan. I would love to. I mean, Michael Jordan All right, is, so do it then. But I, that's not happening. Why not? Well, let's tease it. It might happen, guys. So tune in next week. But Why can't you get Michael Jordan? Happening. It get might number, happen. I, I want to talk to number 45 already. Let's number do it. 45. What an insult. He's I, the one who wore it. I think that's a cool jersey to have, as a matter of fact. To have a, if, you're a, if you're a real Bulls fan, having the 45 would be kind of interesting. How about number nine? He once wore number nine. You didn't know that, did you? No. For what? Uh, actually, no. He wore number nine in Team USA. He wore number 12. <laughs> His jersey got stolen or something, so he had to wear number 12 with no name on the back. Huh. I don't recall that. I was yeah. there in Chicago for all that stuff. I'll tell you. I was, I was, no, I got, to there, I got there, and I saw four of his titles. In oh, fact, wow. I was on a run at one point where whatever city I was living in, you were almost guaranteed an NBA title. I, was, I seriously <laughs> considered putting up my, uh, my uh, living situation up for bid to anybody who wants it. Mark Cuban, when he was hungry for a Should title. Been, yeah. All right, I'll spend a year in Dallas. If you make it worth did my you? while, Wait, did, is that what happened? Well, no, I didn't. I ended oh, okay. up deciding against it, and 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 therefore I I basically jinxed my magic that I had over the NBA. Gotcha. But yeah, it was like I went from Chicago, they win all those titles there. I moved to LA. All of a sudden, dynasty comes out to LA. Coincidence? Probably, Probably. it is. But that, but who knows? Who knows for sure? Anyway, all right. So look for us next week. We'll have podcasts up for you Wednesday and. Thursday yep. is that right? Right, uh, uh, Black Tie. That is correct. Wednesday and Thursday, and we also might have a lot of video podcasts too because we're actually going to be filming these. Right. We're going to be filming these interviews we have with celebrities: Charles Barkley, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, maybe, for sure, but not happening. But maybe. Don't say. Uh, why do you have to be such a? No, you, saying, when there's, a there's a chance. There's a chance. Why do you Honestly. have such a can't do attitude? There's a chance. Everything? There's a chance. Uh, but no chance. Really. But there's a chance. Oh, Black Tie. Can't you tell him about how great you were at high school basketball? Maybe he'll feel, I mean, feel a I'll kinship I'll be honest. Michael Jordan is probably the reason I am where I am today. So I could maybe <laughs> What does that even that. mean? And I don't know. I mean, either way, let's move on, guys. Let's wrap the show here. But before we do, remember when we used to ask for iTunes comments? Yes. And ratings? I mean, we still get the ratings and comments. Yeah, everybody should do that. Go to iTunes, rate the show, give it a comment. Apparently, this is very helpful to us, so uh, be sure to do that. Definitely, definitely. And uh, just to just to uh, encourage you, I'm actually going to read a comment here okay. from uh, Jay Nunez49, and his title is Team Black Tie. I wonder why. That's strange. And it goes, comment goes, great podcast. Dave's random topics keep me interested. Oh, keep black tie. Fire Adam Rank. 
Uh, you know, that is what I call cherry picking. I, you know what I think we need to do? I think Rank should on the next one. He gets to read some real ones as well because oh. there are plenty. There are plenty. Oh, Rank is dynamite. The only if I can nitpick a little bit, can we get rid of black tie? There's there are plenty of those too. So I think well, you can. I'm trade not saying there, the there's not a few of those. I mean, the one right on the knee says great, but get rid of black tie. <laughs> but it's just the first one I saw. That's that's all I'm saying. Guys. Either way, get in there, rate it. You know, it's better if you give we it have, five uh, stars. Yeah, we have 488 ratings. Let's see if we can get up to 550 ratings by the next show. All right. Can we do that? Well, it's a little challenge out there. All right. Well, listen, you want to get on board now before Michael Jordan makes his appearance because oh, you don't want to be considered jumping on the bad wagon you too late. You don't want to be right. when you know when we don't have Michael Jordan next don't, week. Why you got to be a creep? All right. You know what? That's it. I've had it with you. Goodbye, Rank. We'll see you in a week and a half when we return from Tahoe, and uh, we will talk with everyone else from Lake Tahoe next Wednesday. Right now, though, get ready, Flames. It's your heroes, Misters Zeus and Sessler, a.k.a. the Around the League Debate Club. Wilk hey. Ty's on that show as well. Don't leave him out. And Wilk Ty? Yeah, Wilk Ty. Wilk, Wilk Ty has uh, quite a fan base. Yeah. Yeah, because they wish he was the... The director or producer of this show. <laughs> you just say that because he's in here with me. But no, if, that's, if that's I, what somebody wants to comment on iTunes, Please. have at it. All right. That's it. Good night. Goodbye. And good luck. And whatever that old newsman used to say, take it away, boys. Welcome back to another edition of the ATL Debate Club. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined, as always, by the great Mark Sessler and Chris Wessling. Hi, fellas. Hi, Dan. Good to uh, have you back in the studio. Ah, uh, yes. Well, you know, first I want to get some housekeeping out of the way. Um, some some people might be listening to us on the uh, from the Dave Damshek football program. Others are catching us over on the ATL blog. So wherever you're listening, thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Um, I am back from vacation. It was uh, it was nice to get away from you guys. I told you I was going to go as protocol. But I want to just say uh, two things. Number one, I did listen to last week's podcast. Uh, Wilk gave me some deep information. Um, the studio does have a, a, st- a stench of treachery today. <laughs> Wessling and Greg really? Rosenthal took over debate club. Chris, what do you have to say for yourself? That involves us in no shape, way, shape, or form. <laughs> Well, I mean, Mark, were you comfortable with uh, Chris and Wes taking on the ATL Debate Club banner last week? I was, because part of my uh, my role here at NFL is to produce pages, as Dave would say, Dave Damashek. Right. And so I was stationed down in the newsroom just in case uh, news broke. And it did, in fact, break. The Patriots updated their logo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was very, very sexy. No, I want to start by saying that uh, thank you to Mark Sessler because I had a minor domestic emergency. My wife had told me before we went away to New Jersey to uh, ask you, Mark, to water our plants in our garden. We don't have children or pets, so all we have is our garden. And... Uh, <laughs> I, being a really good uh, husband, uh, neglected to mention it to you until I realized five days later when my wife said on a very hot day, I'm sure in Southern California, on a Saturday, she said, you know, I, I hope uh, everything looks good with the plants. I'm, I'm sure Mark's doing a great job. And then I was like, oh, I should tell Mark to water my plants. So you, got, you went to my home, my condo, and took care of business. 
And they're looking better than ever, I have well, to say. Well, hold on. Let's back the truck up because, yeah, it's been hot in Los Angeles, number one. And Dan gives me five days in. And I'm pretty convinced you were never going to tell Emily that you had forgotten to tell me. Yeah. So that had you no come idea. home to see what I saw, which was plants withered and dying, <laughs> curled up, just sunburnt in the L.A. heat. I uh, nurtured them back to life because I am a father. Because I would have thrown you under the bus if I know they you did not come to back, back to life. I would have said, well, you know, that's Sessler. You know Mark. And she'd go, and, yeah, I know Mark. And as Wes can attest, with the three of us actually on, on uh, what was it, two Sundays ago, two Saturdays ago, we're sitting around Dan's garden at night. Right. That's a beautiful setting. You beautiful may, setting. You it would have been a nice time for you to offer up the idea that I needed to take care of those flowers. And you may have, as you were watering the flowers, you may have seen Wes's sunglasses, which he had <laughs> in, in a moment, uh, some type of brain cramp. I don't know why uh, he had such a brain cramp, but he had left his sunglasses in the middle of my patio area, and I delivered them back to him this morning. Well, you're a good friend. I didn't notice that. How did I not notice that? Uh, you're not perceptive. Uh should we get down to business here? Yeah. All right. So last week, Greg and Wes, you guys did a, a fantastic job and a thorough job going through what is the beginning of our training camp previews. And you guys hit the AFC North and the AFC East. And people can go back and listen to that show on the last edition of the debate club. Well, do you want to, before we go on, do you want to, because they kind of railroaded both you and I with the Browns and Jets. Um, I will step aside. I'll let they did great analysis. I listened to it about the Jets. I was curious what you have to say about the Browns, Mark. From what I gather, the main thrust of Wes's argument was essentially just <laughs> taking down Brandon, Brandon, or Brandon Whedon for being a little bit older than other second-year quarterbacks. The Brandon Whedon age jokes will never get old. I did say that you were a little bitter about Trent Richardson. That I could tell you liked him, but you don't trust his legs to ever stay healthy. Well, as a Browns fan, though, you're just you're constantly waiting for the apocalypse to descend, and annually it does. Typically, about the third preseason game. So, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a guy filled with hope. And I'll say just about the Jets, a shameless plug that I posted today. I reread Rex Ryan's autobiography from 2011 and did a bit of a retrospective write-up about how things have turned out since he wrote that book. All right, that was shameless so and a really rough sequitur into our next which topic. Which is on the NFL.com home site. Today, uh, we have the other two AFC divisions, the South and West. And so I, I want to kind of, I'm going to go back and forth with you guys with the South and just get some of your thoughts. Let's pick what is kind of a burning topic heading into training camp. Again, we're not looking at what's the overarching season question for the Colts and Texans, but what can be solved during that training camp period for them? Wes, why don't we start with you and the Colts? Well, if we're not going to talk about the big picture of Pep Hamilton bringing his so-called no-coast offense to the Colts, Let's start with the specifics of uh, the running back picture. They signed Ahmad Bradshaw. Last we heard, he was still in a walking boot. So we want to see in training camp, is he healthy? How, how is the uh, distribution between him and Vic Ballard? Is Donald Brown a candidate to get cut or traded? Uh, and then the wide receiver picture, you kind of want to look at uh, who's going to start opposite Reggie Wayne. Is it going to be T.Y. Hilton or Darius Hayward Bay? If, if you did a pie chart uh, of Ahmad Bradshaw's life, since, let's say, 2007, um, would there be more pie for him in a walking boot or on two feet? <laughs> That's a fair question. <laughs> that would need to go to uh, Sabermetrics. I'm sure he say. would like to discuss that. Uh, like, you know, I'd like to run that by him. I'm sure it would go well. Who do you see winning that, Wes? If Bradshaw's healthy, I think they want him to be the starter. 
Although I think they'd be happy with Ballard too. I think they just signed Bradshaw because he was still out there and he brings he brings that third down blocker and a more reliable short yardage guy. And I li- I like Bradshaw a lot. I, it is you know a modest gamble on because they have Ballard who's capable. But if Bradshaw is healthy, he's a real player, and I think he lasted on the free agent uh, wire longer than than I expected. But that speaks to the foot issues that he's dealing with. Well, listen with the Pep Hamilton switch at offensive coordinator. Give me a quick thought, Wes. What what is going to happen with Andrew Luck? From a, even even from a fantasy perspective, everyone expects Luck to blow up. Is, is it going to affect his production? I don't think we know enough to say with certainty either way. I think my confidence in Andrew Luck could not be higher, regardless of who's calling the plays. So he would be a guy I'd target in fantasy leagues anyway. Dan, you have the Houston Texans. All right, so I'm picking one training camp storyline. Yes, watch. thank you for catching up with yes. us. Uh, let's go with uh, the wide receiver situation. I'm very interested to see. They finally, after years of neglect, they drafted DeAndre Hopkins. They're going to uh, attempt to put him opposite Andre Johnson. I guess the question I have is, you know, I guess there was a report last week that Johnson had has lost a step. Um, you know, statistically it didn't show last year. But, you know, for an offense that, to me, uh, and a team in general that – you know, I worry that they might be getting a little stale. If Johnson does take a step back and Hopkins doesn't immediately hit as a rookie, you know, that offense is going to be hurting with Matt Schaub, who's, you know, not. I don't have a huge high opinion on the guy. I'm not com- completely sold on their offense right now, so Hopkins needs to uh, connect immediately to me. They definitely needed another playmaker last year. Schaub really regressed down the stretch going into the playoffs. Uh, they were lucky to get to play a Bengals team that was that wasn't playing well at the time, so Hopkins definitely fills that need. He's there's been nothing but glowing reports out of uh, OTAs, but you know that's that that's a story that's a story that you know once the pads go on and once he has to beat the jam off the line, we'll get a better indication in training camp. If we see a third straight uh, Bengals Texans wild card game, will the suicide rate in this country escalate? I don't know, but you should probably put money on the Texans again. <laughs> Quick on the, on the wide receiver. It's a lot of times you don't see first year wide receivers come out of the gate and and excel right away. But it looks like the Texans are really trying to put him in that position. Do you, you think he can do it, Wes? I do. The Texans have a history ever since uh, Kubiak took over of immediately putting their first round picks into the starting lineup as as sixteen game starters who contribute. And I've seen no reason to believe Hopkins can't do that. All right. So if you read around the league, and Chris Wesley has been with us for a number of months at this point, and a little bit of a man crush on the Titans, from what I from what I gather. You've written a series of posts that are, I would say, glowing. Let's talk about one of their <laughs> bigger issues going into the training well, camp period. I write about the Titans a lot because I feel like they're neglected uh, around the country. And the Jaguars as well. These teams need love too. So, the Jaguars, uh, really? <laughs> <laughs> the Titans, I think uh, we're, we're going back to offense again. I think, you know, they rebuilt the offensive line. Andy, Andy Levitra and, and uh, Chance Warmack were huge pickups at guard. That was a big problem for them last year. So that what I want to watch is kind of the distribution between Chris Johnson and Sean Green with their new entirely new offense. It's going to be run heavy. Uh, and it looks to me like they want to get back to that smash and dash formula of Johnson's rookie year with Lendale White. Uh, Dan, are you a believer in Jake Locker? No, I'm not. But I think that this is he deserves one more year to show whether or not he is uh, the man there. Uh, but I'm not particularly confident that they have their answer at quarterback. Are they going to go read option, Wes, a little bit this season? 
I think they have to because it it suits Jake Locker's skill set. But I think the what everybody's missing with the read option is most teams are only going to use it three or four, maybe five times a game, just as a changeup in a key situation for a big play here and there. But I don't think because you use Jake Locker in the read option that means it's going to be something that uh, is keeping defensive coordinators up at night. Dan, you uh, minutes ago chuckled at the concept of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now it's on you to come up with an issue surrounding that team. Well, it's easy to talk about the Jaguars in training camp because it's the quarterback position. You know, are are we to believe that Blaine Gabbert, Gabbert is going to progress ever? Um, I, like Locker, I have more faith that Jake Locker makes the leap than Blaine Gabbert, put it that way. Uh, I did a post yesterday on Around the League. Uh, Mercedes Lewis said that uh, he was on total access. He said that, you know, he still believed in the, in Gabbert and said he was proud of Blaine for, you know, his ability to, I don't know. I don't even know what he's proud of him about, that he's still a quarterback, still collecting paychecks. I don't know. But, you know, Chad Henney isn't, doesn't seem like the type of guy that's going to be able to take a job, but it might not take much if Gabbard has a nightmare uh, training camp. From what I saw last year, uh, Henney is a turnover waiting to happen, but he absolutely moved the offense a lot easier than Gabbard did. They were able to go up and down the field a lot more consistently. And maybe that wins the coaching staff over in training camps. It's a new staff, and uh, they really have not much invested in Blaine Gabbard anymore. All right, I'm going to step out of my stiff uh, moderator role and hand it over to you, Dan, as we move it's to... Get, it's about to get a lot looser. It's going to get a little bit more fun, a little bit in less in-depth. If um, if if Wilk Tide behind the glass could put some party music behind me as this, <laughs> as we launch into the sure thing, a- boss. AFC Ridiculous. West. Wilk, don't follow this. You know, it would be great. Um, okay. okay, so let's start with the best team in the AFC West, the Denver Broncos, and I'll... I'll throw it to Mark Sessler because he was such a good host just now. Uh, what what jumps out at you as well, we I think, approach? I think for me, after the release of McGahee, it's that running back situation because that offense, you know, even though you've got Peyton Manning, it really does rely on, an, on a running back option to take, take control of certain games. I think you're going to see Monty Ball get a lot of carries. That's really a question for training camp is as we get these daily reports from beat writers. Is it Ball? Is it Hillman? Is it uh, Moreno that are getting the majority of carries? How is it splitting up? That's going to do a lot. I think if, if Ball can be what they think he is, then there shouldn't be a big, uh, a big transition from where we were with McGahee last season. I think they'll end up in a rotation with Ball maybe taking two series and then Hillman taking one. But I, from what I've seen, I just don't have any confidence that Ronnie Hillman can be the main back there. Uh, what I want to watch in, in Broncos training camp is – Julius Thomas, tight end, former hoopster at Portland State, was really the talk of camp two years ago, but has been injured the last two years. And he saw first-team reps throughout the offseason with Joel Dreesen injured. Uh, I want to—he's kind of a wild card in that offense because he's so athletic. He could be their—you uh, know—that that athletic tight end that's kind of sweeping the the league. He could be their version of that if he's ready to take on those first-team reps. All right, Wes, tell me about the Chiefs. What are you seeing? I want to know about this pistol. They hire uh, Brad Childress as spread game analyst, which I'm not sure he's qualified <laughs> to take over. And then they also hired the godfather of the pistol, Chris Alt. So I want to see how often they're going to use that, how big a part of their offense that is, what that does for Jamal Charles and Alex Smith. Yeah, I don't. When it comes to Brad Childress, I I remain unconvinced. It's it's an unrewarding uh, you know attempt at fooling the public because I, I would imagine that Childress is. Uh, locked away in some forest cabin somewhere collecting at what is essentially a paycheck from his aunt, friend Andy Reid. <laughs> Not unlike, I guess if Dan were to be fired soon, which is 
possibility on some imminent, level. Imminent problem. I would. Uh, no, I, I'd help you out if I needed to, as I as I have in the past. I put you up on my couch for many months, so that's uh, you know I feel like you scratch each other's back in a way. How about Chris Alt? Um, at what point does he trademark Godfather of the Pistol? And if you were Chris Alt, do you walk around with a T-shirt that just says that across the front? Like have you open up your closet and there's 15 different T-shirts that all say Godfather of the Pistol? No, soon. I don't think you'd wait. Can, what is Alex Smith going to do as a read option quarterback, though? I'm, I'm not convinced that he's the right guy for that. Although he is athletic. The guy can scramble. There's no question. But it's just... Seems a bit of an unorthodox fit for that's Smith. A, that's a good point, and he's now eight or nine years older. He probably doesn't have quite the same speed as he did in college. Uh, but, yeah, that's a good point. If the Niners really thought he was great for that offense, they wouldn't have waited till Kaepernick took over to run and, it. And speaking of unorthodox, for our Making the Leap series on Around the League, I believe Greg Rosenthal had Chase Daniel making the leap. He did. Who is right now a backup uh, role behind Alex Smith. But, you know, I guess the one thing I would say is if – in training camp, Smith is obviously the starter, and we have no reason to think right now that he's going to regress to 2006 Alex Smith form. But if Daniel has a really good training camp and a good preseason, I guess it puts something in Andy Reid's head. Um, Chargers, Mark Sessler, give it to me. Well, I think the obvious, from a from like a media standpoint, we're going to get our first look at Manti Teo on that defense. And not only what role he plays, but how he handles the... You know, they've kept him rather secluded from any sort of publicity, which I think they've done a really good job with. And we're kind of we're lucky as as uh, people that cover the game that he didn't go to a team that doesn't have a better handle on that, aka the Jets or some other right. franchise. But how will he be used? And is he a is he an NFL caliber linebacker? I, I guess some people would be in the right to say they're not convinced that he is. I, I myself am not. Yeah, I think the question is whether he can play all three downs, and we should we should have an answer on that coming out of training camp. And uh, what I want to see is on the other side of the ball, Vincent Brown looked really good in OTAs, apparently the best player on the field at times. Could he take Malcolm Floyd's starting job? He was the best player in their training camp last year. Uh, He could end up uh, giving Denario Alexander a run for his money as the number one receiver. And finally, the Raiders, I'll I'll jump in with this one. you know, I would guess this this team could end up being the worst team in football potentially. There, when you look at their depth chart, it's very unsettled at almost every position. Uh, Wes, I believe you have a wager right now with with who is it? With Mark Zessler. Oh, it is with just the other guy in the room. Really? Yeah, your co-writer. Hello, Larry. What my, what is the wager uh, regarding the Oakland Raiders? Let me just say that my softball pants are currently marinating. <laughs> <laughs> If the if the Raiders win six games, I told Mark Sessler that I would eat my softball pants. Wow! I'm allowing him if that it's not in in the NFL a team that we think is going to nosedive. Winning six games is not out of the realm of reality. I have told Wes that he is allowed to pick uh, an assortment of condiments to eat that what will probably be five or six feet of fabric. That's a lot of fabric. Now hold on, I I'm allowed to cut this up and put it into a stew or a soup, correct? I think we talked about a soup being an option. I would need to oversee the preparation. I would though. be, as maybe as someone like a moderator in this bet, I would say I'm uncomfortable with a stew. Um, I'm thinking if you lose this bet, I will give you steak sauce potentially and a fork and a knife and get to work, bro. Wow. Yeah, yeah at least part of the meal must be straight on cloth eating. Hey, since we talked about um, food, and that's, by the way, our division-by-division division preview for this week. I thought it really went well, don't you think? Our listeners are glowing with new knowledge. Wilk, wake up, Wilk. 
What'd what? you think about that? Oh, uh, I heard at least one thing about Alex Smith. That's good. Yeah. Hey, we were just talking about uh, things that aren't really food, but maybe eaten. You were? Uh, yes. Oh. Uh, last, I guess it was about three weeks ago now. I would say the ATL Debate Club's greatest fan, Tristan, uh, uh, from Melbourne, Australia. A great man. He's always been a big supporter. He sent us a care package uh, to the NFL uh, digital media newsroom. And in that care package, there's a lot of different uh, candies and uh, crackers and an Australian rules football and a really nice letter. And, and it was addressed to Mark and I and Wilk as well. And so we just want to say thank you very much to Tristan for that. Yes, thank you, Tristan. Great guy. Yeah. And the thing that to me that stood out, though, above everything else was this. Uh, what I'm holding in my hand is a little miniature jar of Vegemite, which um, apparently is very popular food in that area of the world. Mark, you lived in Europe for a time in your life. Is that correct? I, uh, I was a child in, in Great Britain from age three to six, hence my uh, strong relationship with Handsome Hank. But uh, yes. actually, I have strong memories of uh, eating Vegemite on a daily basis. And I think when you taste it, you will understand why it, it um, has stuck with me because it's not uh, something that it would be easily sold here because I would call it pungent and something that is hard to erase from the mind. Well, right off the bat, I look at the label and it says Vegemite. And by the way, Vegemite, the only thing I knew Vegemite from growing up was that Men at Work song um, down under where they say something about a Vegemite sandwich. It says concentrated yeast extract. Mm. Well, the other option is Marmite, which comes from like a variety of animals. Yeah. So, you know, we decided why not try it. You've already had it, Mark. Wes, have you ever had Vegemite? No, I haven't, but I was wondering if you left the cap off and that was the stench when I entered the room. <laughs> no, that was the treachery <laughs> from last week. Uh, Wilk, have you ever had Vegemite? I have not had Vegemite. I'm a little bit afraid, i got to be honest. So you're saying uh, Jewish boys from North Hollywood do not eat a lot of Vegemite? No, surprisingly. Hmm. Well, let's let's try it right now. I went to the uh, commissary. Mark joined me, but it was really I powered the whole uh, situation, <laughs> and I uh, requested from the head chef white bread because Tristan told us that it should be on toasted white bread, uh, and you smear it on, and then you go to town on it. So we got the white bread. We have it toasted. And now uh, we are going to all have it, all four of us right now, including Wilk Tai. So, Wilk, if you want to join us for this, here we go. Yeah. Uh, with Dan, one thing in the letter that Tristan sent, he made it very clear just to lightly spread on the bread. And I see you're just dousing these slices of bread with well, you know, the, you, the Vegemite. Uh, I'm an American. You go big or you go home. Tristan, you should understand that. And uh, I have no regrets. No matter what happens here. I have no regrets. Here right, we go. The worst, thing, the worst thing about this is that it looks like Nutella. It does. And it I, has no scent either. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, my brain thinks I'm getting Nutella, and I know that my brain is going to be very much mistaken. <sighs> All right, fellas. You ready to dig in? Let's hold hands and go down together. There we go. This is going to sound disgusting to people Oh, it's listening. terrible. Oh! oh! <laughs> no! <laughs> Black poison! I like it. Brings back some good memories. Pungent's the right I word. Hate it. Ah! it. It does get better. Ah! <laughs> it's a little acidic. It reminds me of it's if brutal. you left brie cheese Why? out for like two weeks, this is what it would taste like. <laughs> it's actually great. It's quite good. Oh, that, gosh. Thank you, Tristan. <laughs> I for another fine snack. Tristan, thank you for the candy and the football, but I curse you for Next the Next time, just send battery acid. That was rough. I actually, that's on the short list of worst things I've ever tasted. Wow. I'm with Dan on that one. That's that's brutal. 
And we had those meat pies, the uh, Caribbean jerk pies for uh, on Damashek show, the one that had meat in it, and those are pretty rough. But I don't know. I wouldn't call that pleasant. Mm, that was rough. Well, I don't know, Mark. You like it. You I do. I'm going to have some more of it. Still have it in your hand. Wes, spit no. it out. Wilk? It's gone. I ate it all, but I'm not sure how I feel about myself for doing that. Hmm. Life's too short for Vegemite. <laughs> well, again, thank you, Tristan. And um, we have plenty of... I'm going to bring it downstairs, and if anybody in the newsroom wants some, I'll offer it to Greg Rosenthal who's down there. But uh, that, that I think we're out of time on the ATL Debate Club. Yeah, we've got to get back down to the newsroom. I don't feel well right now. i got to be honest with you. We've got to carry Dan down, potentially call a medic. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening. We will be back next week. I'm not sure what the cast of characters will be because there are many vacations. I, the stalwart, will be here. Though. Farewell. Bye. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.